Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast, Iowa Week edition. I am always Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And as I said, we're here to talk about Iowa. A game coming up this Saturday. Purdue takes on the number two team in the nation. Um, you know, never good when you're unranked and you're facing number two, um, and especially when it's on the road at Iowa. So Purdue is heading into Kinnick Stadium, heading into the notorious pink locker rooms at Kinnick, um, and will be the, the visiting team against the number two team in the nation. Uh, Casey, before we get too deep into uh, the, the statistics and what we can look for in this matchup, what does your gut tell you just about this game? I think it's going to be low scoring for the first half. I think both offenses are going to struggle at times. And I think Purdue, under a bevy of injuries and probably turnovers, that's going to break the defense's back. It's going to get rolled. Second half. You know, I, I don't think that's that outrageous of a guess. Now, you mentioned the injuries, and I do want to uh, mention those off uh, the top here. We've had, I believe, at least three players uh, in the last couple of days who have, it's been announced are out for the season. Uh, most notably, Corey Trice, the corner cornerback, um, who we were expected to uh, have back this week, apparently injured his knee during practice and is out for the season. Um, no indication on what that knee injury was, but anytime you have, you see knee injury and out for the season, at least you know as a Purdue fan, I think your your first instinct is always an ACL tear. Um, but obviously we don't know for sure, but he will not be back this season. Um, and then in addition to those two, um, I'm sorry, in addition to Corey Trice, Purdue lost two wide receivers that are now going to be out for the season. Um, Mershon Rice and Abdur Rahman Yassin are both out for the season. So, um, you know, those are two wide receivers who 
have seen a little bit of play this year, and um, uh, Yassine had actually looked really good um, when he was in most recently. So those are two weapons that are going to be off the board. But Purdue is expected to get Payne Durham back this week. So, you know, you take the good, you take the bad. Um, you take the both, and then you have the facts of life, as the song goes. But, uh, yep, there it is. I'm leaving it in. And uh, so Purdue will be without a couple weapons, but they will get um, – Payne Durham back. Alexander Horvath still not expected to be back, so it looks like Purdue will be running with uh, King Doru once again. So there's a lot going on in injury front. So uh, a lot, most of it's going to be on the offensive side of the ball. But being without Trice again um, is going to be not great because even though Iowa doesn't have the best offense, uh, they do have players that are capable uh, of beating them on that side of the ball. So um, what do we, what do we what do we know about Iowa at this point? Uh, we can talk about their defense second because I think that's going to be the more impactful unit. But what do we know about Iowa on offense and kind of what are the things we need to watch out for? And most importantly, is their quarterback throwing over 40 percent or over 50 percent on the season? Uh, yes. Ah, shit. But only barely. He's only at a 60 percent. That's Spencer Patriot 102 for 160 1100 yards 92 interceptions the thing about the Iowa's offense is it's not particularly good it's not good at throwing the ball and it's not particularly good at running the ball right um offensively they're only at about 3.2 yards a rush that number always gets skewed because for some reason college football decides to put you know sacks in the running right like like Kyle talked about a couple weeks ago so Whatever, but, uh, you know, rushing yards per game, they're 90th best in the country, just at 123.3, um, and their passing attack is not something that's going to frighten you. Uh, 6.5 uh, yards per pass, which is 93rd best in the country. They do have a pretty even split. They run about 54% running plays, 45%, 46%. That'd be passing, passing plays. The other thing they can do. <laughs> 54% uh, yeah, just for a disclaimer I'm suffering from probably COVID right now so uh, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh when you say that just, yeah, yeah so the mind's not, not to, the best let's, let's not try to blame your inability to do math on COVID <laughs> well I was just finding a word oh okay all right that's fair um so yeah they're they're pretty much middle of the pack you know top 50 not much better on offense they're scoring 31 and a half a game uh they're only putting up 317 yards a game for Iowa. It's all about their defense is dominant. Their offense doesn't turn the ball over and their defense does for. Yeah. It's wild to see a team ranked so high. I mean, number two in the country and they have just like a middling offense. Um, you know, usually at least these last few years in college football, Yes, the defenses have been good, but the teams that have generally been, you know, number one, number two in the nation, your Alabamas, your Clemson, you know, can score 40 or 50 points on you um, if given a chance. So it's weird to see Iowa ranked up number two in the country, uh, but yet you're not particularly scared of their offense. So uh, it should make for an interesting matchup. One more thing I want to mention about the offense. I think Casey did a good job there of highlighting kind of the main things um, statistically, but. Uh, their quarterback, Spencer Petras, has been sacked 14 times on the season, um, lost 103 yards um, on those sacks. But, I mean, 14 times uh, is a lot of sacks uh, through what are they? They're 6-0. So, I mean, he's sacked just over two times a game. And when you consider that a lot of the, some of those games have not been, you know, against top tier opponents uh that does give me a little hope that perhaps the the purdue defensive line and linebackers and uh maybe so you know a safety or a corner blitz uh can make a difference and put iowa you know behind the chains and cause force their offense to make a big play which is not really something they're known for so Too that wild. does give me a little bit of hope 
to put that in perspective, uh, Purdue gives up a sack on about 5.88% of their dropbacks, which is actually the 55th best in the country. That's surprising to me. Right. Um, Iowa gives up one on 7.29, so significantly worse protecting or yeah, it, protecting their quarter. Yeah, and I and I haven't watched enough Iowa to know if that is because uh, their wide receivers simply can't get open and they're you know they're getting some coverage sacks, or if that is because their offensive line is just not good at pass blocking. Um, I don't know the reason for that, but you still you love to see a team that's that's coming in and giving up a lot of sacks. Um, especially when the defensive line is probably the strength of your team. So hopefully um, guys like Mitchell, guys like Karloftis can find a way to get in the backfield. And even if they don't rack up the sacks, as the defensive line has not been doing this season, they can hopefully, you know, put him, put Petrus in a bad position, force him into bad throws, maybe do some, um, you know, break up some passes, get some quarterback hurries, you know, just make him uncomfortable in the pocket and maybe make him get out on the move where he doesn't uh, excel. So hopefully that is what the Purdue defense can bring to disrupt this already suspect Iowa offense. Yeah, we haven't been very good on the year at getting 4.76% uh, of passes we've gotten a sack, 105th best in the country. I think it was Drew Oof. that had an article on uh, Hammond Rails yesterday, the day before. Yes, he did. Where he talked about, you know, what we're seeing is that teams are not afraid. The teams think they can beat our defensive backs, and the only person they're worried about is George Karloft and some of our blitzers. So they're just doing max protect, you know, blocking with the tight end and a running back, having seven guys back there just have two to three guys run a route. And I'm guessing that's something I was going to do. You know, they want to run the ball. I expect it to be a lot of run and then play action where they max protect, send one guy deep and one guy across. And it's going to be up to our injured secondary. It's been pretty good this year, but it's going to be up to them to not let those big plays lose because we're not going to score enough on offense no, to make up no, for no. big gains by Iowa. No. And, and I want to reiterate, if you are not reading Drew's articles on the site, you're really missing out because he puts in some excellent screenshots and really shows you how the offense and defense match up. And, you know, they're easy to follow. So if you're looking to get a more in-depth look at particular plays uh, from the previous week's game, Drew always has a really great article, um, you know, looking at a different aspect of the team. So I, I think those are really great articles. And he did, you know, he pointed out what Minnesota did, like you talked about the max protect, because, the, you know, Karloftis is really the one who gets all the headlines. Um, and if you can shut him down and slow him down. Purdue does have other good guys on that defensive line. Don't get me wrong, but no one who instills fear in a, in a coach like uh, Karloftis does. So uh, a good, a good offensive coordinator, a good offensive side of the ball can really scheme a way to get the ball away from Karloftis and uh, prevent him from really making a big impact. So if they can do that as Minnesota and other teams throughout the season have done, we do need those other players to step up. So uh, that is what will make a huge impact on offense. And Iowa, as usual, has a pretty good tight end. So there, that's another position you will need to look out for. And Purdue uh, has been fairly, you know, terrible at covering the tight end. You see a lot of tight end passes, um, especially on third down against Purdue. And uh, the re leading receiver is the tight end, uh, Sam Laporta for Iowa. He's got the most receptions, 23, most yards, 271. Um, he's tied for the lead with two touchdowns. So uh, he's the one you're going to want to look out for probably on, on third and long or third and mid. Um, so Purdue has got to find a way to stop that tight end. So 
Um, now, I think we've talked enough about the uh, Iowa offense. Now, the uh, key to this game for Iowa, of course, is their defense because their defense is just shutting people down. And, mo- <laughs> uh, and most importantly, you know, they are forcing turnovers just left and right. Um, their defense on the season has 16 interceptions 16 interceptions um you know and they forced three fumbles um and again i don't like i don't know what espn is doing with their stats sometimes because it says forced fumbles three fumbles recovered four perfect so maybe someone just dropped a ball man i don't know I, i don't know how that's happened but there they are um so if you take those numbers at face value uh iowa has has roughly 19 turnovers could be 20 if those numbers are backwards 3.3 3.3 take a game. A game. A they game. Plus 2.5 turnover a game. I mean, that's outrageous. Yeah, and it's they are picking off 7.55% of opponent passes. That is very good. Do you have a ranking of where that is in the country? It's number one, Ledman. I was, was going to guess. I was going to guess. It's just when, when Purdue is a team that, again, I, I hate to just hammer on this. We, we've scored 13 points in the last three games. Each game, 13 points. That is not going to be enough, uh, especially when you consider that we've done that against defenses that are not near as good as this Iowa defense. So if if Purdue does not take care of the football, if, as we assume, Aiden O'Connell is going to be the starter at quarterback. Um, it was he... announced on Twitter. Oh, was, man, I missed that. When Was that announced just earlier today? About an hour ago, I believe. Oh, it was well, there we go. There we go. I was putting my son to bed, so I did not see that. Uh, so there but we go. You know, Aiden... just brought a smile to my eye. Because anytime when you're a team that is minus one turnover margin a game and you're throwing, you know, interceptions all the time, going up against a defense that really likes interceptions, you want to play the guy that can't move and who throws picks all the time. Yeah, it's always a... <laughs> I know we're going to... People are just going to be mad at us again, but when you have a quarterback in Plummer who has thrown zero interceptions on the season and you're going against a team that has 16 interceptions on the season, you would think putting in the quarterback who is less likely to turn the ball over would make some sense. But, you know, O'Connell played against Iowa last year. He started the game. I believe he played the entire game. Uh, He led the drive at the end of the game uh, to put Purdue ahead and ultimately win the game against Iowa last year. So maybe, you know, maybe Brom sees something in what O'Connell did last year. Um, against an Iowa team who who honestly was pretty good last year. They only lost two games, but um, I just – I don't know. Uh, keep in mind also last year for that Iowa game, Jeff Brom was not there. Brian Brom called the plays. So, you know, maybe Brian um, can talk to Jeff and be like, hey, uh, big big bro, uh, let's talk about this. Last year I called the plays we won. Let's see, you know, maybe do that again. Um, so, I, you know, it's frustrating – because we're, we're putting in the quarterback who is more likely to throw an interception against a defense that has 16 interceptions on the on the season. And just one statistic that kind of blew my mind when you kind of look um, on the year. So two weeks ago, they played um, at Maryland. They, they beat Maryland 51 to 14, which you're like, oh, wow, they've you know, that's that's pretty good. But. They had six interceptions in one game. Purdue doesn't have six interceptions on the season, but they had six interceptions in one game against Maryland. So, like, I just – and Maryland is, is sitting, by the way, at 4-1 and one on the season. So it, it's not like it's not like they're the, the bottom dwellers of the Big Ten. They're 4-1 and one on the season, and 
they got intercepted six times. Um, so I am very, very worried about what this Iowa secondary can do to the to the Purdue offense. Yeah, and I really think it comes down to our defense has been really good this year. We have a chance to be in this game. Iowa doesn't do anything in offense that super scares you, and we've just been, you know, solid top to bottom against the run, against the pass, and that is a recipe that if we can protect the ball, if we can convert in the red zone, maybe force a turnover of our own, but, you know, Iowa's one of the worst teams on third down conversion. It's not been hard to get them off a field. You would think that we would want just not, just not let, you know, give them the biggest chance to just turn this game around by a quick turnover or two so that's going to be o'connell's he's a starter there's no point in brahm's gonna brahm whatever he just has to protect the ball this hopefully he can move the ball convert in the red zone and not turn the ball over if so we have a chance we yeah. haven't seen him do that um but. you know and what you mentioned it's not hard to get iowa off the field but when iowa does get off the field they have a punter who averages 42 yards a punt so you know that is pretty good and that is going to help them flip the field uh, probably a couple times against Purdue and when your offense doesn't put up a lot of touchdowns or when your offense stalls or is not you know um, a high-powered offense it helps to have a pretty good kicker and Iowa has a pretty good kicker uh, 11 of 12 on field goals for the season so um, again that is something that could help them because as you said the Purdue defense has been surprisingly good this year um, so we could put the offense in a position to, you know, if if they have a really good game, they could win it. But, um, you know, we got to try to hold them to to punts or or field goals. But with a with a good kicker uh, like Iowa has, you just you don't know how often you can allow even field goals with this Purdue offense, um, because every every time Iowa gets points on the board, you know, that's one more possession. Purdue has to find a way to do the same. And when again, 13 points each of the last three games, you wonder how often Purdue can get into the red zone and can score in the red zone. So uh, I am just very worried about this Purdue offense putting up enough points to win. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to if this game comes down to kickers or punters, then I'm going to feel pretty good about how we played. We are going on the road against the number two team in the country. I would be happy if the game is decided by a kick because that means we played pretty well at every other uh, area of the field. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So this this isn't a game we have to win. Uh, this is a no. game that we have to get some momentum, start to look like we know what we're doing, make up for that bad loss against them. Okay, so that leads me to my question before we get to predictions. What do you think you have to see in this game to come out of it confident or more confident that Purdue can find three wins throughout the rest of the season? You know, I'm assuming a loss. What do you have to see that would give you confidence that this team has grown and improved and can continue to grow throughout the season? Our defense cannot give up more than 25 points. That's and... just like an arbitrary number. Why 25? I ju it just needs to stay in the low 20s. Okay. Uh, I just don't want them to – I don't want them to get – this to be their offense get right game. Ah, uh, yeah. Because if so, that means we're going to be in a lot of trouble playing. Because I was not the best offense we're going to play. No, not even close. I mean, Iowa or uh, Ohio State is looming right around the corner. So, so we need to look like we're able to belong just on that side of the ball enough. That's going to be how we win enough games to get to the bowl. And 
like it's going to be AS all year unless yeah it's, it feels that way like if last week's if two weeks ago's game wasn't enough make the change back and you know once you make that change, it's hard to go back yeah clearly yeah this because is where that, because hard has been when, the whole when you make that change and then you change back there's a question of why was the change made in the first place right. there's a question of what's going on in the locker room and just it raises more questions I think to make a change a second time so AOC has to look like he can belong in the he he can't turn the ball over while still being able to be a if we see that and that going forward, that means our offense has the potential to be better as we go forward. We haven't seen it yet, but I, this would be a hell of a showcase to do it against one of the best defenses in the country. Because what's terrifying about Iowa is they're not just good against the run and they're not just good against the pass. They are pretty much top five or top 10 in both. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as if we can be like, oh, they're great against stopping the pass. Let's try to run the ball. Because as you said, they're good at both and Purdue does not have, you know, Purdue does not excel on offense, even though we have some some great players like David Bell, it we got to be able to get in the ball and against this Iowa secondary, it's going to be tough. Yeah, so this is uh this is what Brom's getting paid top 10 money for. Yep. Yeah, to to me the we, thing that even even if we lose that would make me a little more confident going forward is going to be the play of the offense and the play calling of whether it be Jeff Brom or Brian Brom. I want to see some aggression I want to see some aggression. I want to see some maybe some trick plays. I want to see something that I can't sit at home and figure out what we're going to do because when you're playing the number two team in the nation with a great defense and your offense has been struggling, you got a game plan and figure out what you can do to put the offense in a in the best position to succeed. And as you said, when you're getting paid top 10 money in the country, you should be able to figure out a way to at least make things interesting. And if Brom can't do that, I'm going to be pretty frustrated. Yeah, because he's had two weeks. He had yep, a bye exactly. week going Coming into this game. He, and it's not about trick plays as much as just you have to have a game plan to know that you have stuff that you can go to, that your team knows how to run against this defense. You have to have stuff that can beat this really good defense. You've had two weeks. You're an offensive genius. The whole point that you're here. You have to show some of that. It has to be consistent from first quarter to fourth. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you never want to rely on trick plays. You never want to rely on these gadget plays. But that was one thing Brom was known for uh, when he was brought in. And if you're not going to pull something out when you're against the number two team in the nation on the road with a struggling offense, you know, when are you going to do it? So um, I I think he's got to pull out all the stops and and throw everything at the wall and hope something can work. So that's that's what we know about Iowa. That's what we're looking for. Um, So we're going to take a quick break. We will come back and it'll be prediction time. And we are back. And as I said before the break, it is now prediction time. Now, we want to recap what we did two weeks ago. I know it's been a little while. Uh, going into the Minnesota game, uh, both Casey and I were 4-0 and uh, on our picks. Casey, how did we do in the Minnesota game? Well, you had a closer score in theory. You picked 21-17. I had but... a 32-21, but I had Minnesota winning. You had Purdue. You, you got me there. So... That means Casey is now 5-0 and on the season. Prediction-wise, I am 4-1 and because against Minnesota, I went against my better judgment, and I chose Purdue. That's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it because I really did think maybe the team could turn it around against Minnesota. Maybe they could put up just enough points. And as you said, I wasn't too far off score-wise. Um, I believed in the defense, and I believe, you know, in them still. 
Uh, perhaps I just had a little too much faith in the offense. So there we go. Casey five and zero. Oh, I am four and one. Casey, what do you think is going to happen against Iowa coming up this Saturday? Yeah, um, I feel like this is going to be one where it doesn't ever really feel like Purdue had a real chance, even though the scoreboard is going to be semi-close for most of it. I'm going to go Iowa 27, Purdue 13. Okay, you're you're pretty close to what I was going to do. Uh, I'm not going to change it. I'll just keep it with what I had. Um, I think, as you said earlier in the podcast, I think Purdue has a chance to maybe hang on for the first half. Um, and then I think things might get a little out of control because I think the defense is going to have to do too much. I think the defense might take some risks to try to make plays because they know that the offense can't really keep up. Um, I think the Iowa offense, which, you know, again, is not very good, is not very good, but they do have playmakers. I think the tight end is probably going to hurt Purdue like they always seem to against Iowa. I'm going to go uh, Purdue's going to lose, but I'm going to go Iowa 28, Purdue 10. I just don't think the offense um, can get over the hump. And if they do, I don't think it's going to be this week against a very talented Iowa defense. So do you think it's going to be turnovers or more just we can't move the ball? I think it'll be both. I, <laughs> I think, I mean, I think we're going to struggle to move the ball against this team, but I think if the last couple games for Iowa are any indication they will get a couple turnovers, probably interceptions, um, because, you know, they just have so many on the season. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And AOC is prone to interceptions because he does. He makes very aggressive throws. He puts the tries to put the ball in a position um, in a tight window. And, you know, there's something to be said for that because you got to be aggressive when you're really struggling on offense. And those are high-risk, high-reward plays. Um, but against a team like Iowa – with a great secondary, I think those high risk, high rewards are going to turn more often into high risk. Um, so, so that is my big concern. So, like I said, 28, 10, um, I'm not, not optimistic about this game. Um, I know some on our site are, uh, so if you're looking for the majority of the predictions, uh, we will post that on the hammer and rail site tomorrow around noon, or well, I guess when you're listening to this, it would be a today around noon. And um, since I'm the one that posts that, I actually I read the folks' prediction before uh, we get them posted. And there are quite a few people who seem to be a bit more optimistic than Casey and I. So uh, if you're looking for a little optimism, make sure to read that on the site uh, later today as you're listening. Do you think there's a chance it's a letdown game for Iowa? They just had a really big win against Penn State. I do think that's possible. Um, but Ference is a pretty good coach. I mean, he's been at Iowa for a long, long time. Um, he knows what he's doing. And... I think he's probably drilled into the heads of the Iowa players. Don't overlook Purdue. Remember, they beat us last year. Um, I'm sure they've just hammered that into him for the for the last week. You know, we thought we were better than them last year, and look what happened. So That's there's right. probably a bit of a, a revenge factor for them uh, coming into this game. One one other thing you probably didn't see on Twitter towards the end. Um, they announced the uniforms. Oh, did they? Mm-hmm. And they're going with gold helmets, okay. white jerseys, and they're nope. breaking out the gray paint. Oh, I don't I remember don't love that. the gray. I, I don't love that combination. Um, maybe it'll look good in person, uh, but we'll see. <laughs> I Can't we just go all white on the road? I get. I just don't like the gray uniform in general. I think it's weird. I, I mean, like gray's not one that of can our be colors. Used at every school. Yeah, exactly. Like they exactly. busted it out in basketball first, I believe. Yeah, and I hate those jerseys. Yeah, so I'm with you. It's it's not yeah, weird. No. No, give me, I mean, black, white, and gold. I'm fine with anything in that combination, but we'll see how it looks in, uh, in on TV, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, I, if we win in them, maybe we can wear them the rest. There you go. There you go. Just, you know, keep <laughs> dance with who brung you. So if we win, don't change the uniforms the rest of the year. <sighs> All right. Well, 
We'll look forward to it. We will recap it later, uh, ne- early next week. So look for that in your feeds. But for Casey and myself, let's enjoy a nice football Saturday and hope for an upset. You know, would love to be wrong. So. Oh, I, I do have a recommendation. Oh, we let's done do this it. In a- yeah. Um, so just this is in celebration of 247 or whoever does uh, stupid recruit rankings. If you go look at Miles Colvin, he is now uh, ranked finally. Yes. Go watch some highlight reels of Miles Colvin. And just in the back of your mind, just think about how much fun it was to have Etwan Moore on. Yeah, he's he's looking pretty talented, that kid. That, that, that'll be just a little sunshine in your day. All right. Well, there you go. End on a positive note. There we go. So check out some some Miles Colvin highlights. And it'll brighten your day. Maybe do it Saturday, say around <laughs> 530 or 6. Uh, you might need it. So there you go. Uh, for Casey and myself, thanks for listening. Boiler up. Boiler up. Boiler up.